Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. George of the Jungle, and the star of George of the Jungle, and the acclaimed director who saw George of the Jungle, comes a new kind of hero. not fair they've got rocks all we've got are these machine guns i'm sebastian torch it burn everything no wait that's bad publicity have the photographers take pictures of the boys straightening up the place learn from history or repeat it i'm andy Schossler. <laughs> welcome to our review of dudley do right there's a reason we both quoted the same character <laughs> all the quotes i had were from snidely <laughs> Do you have any other gems you want to share before we uh, move on? Oh, the, other, the other one I had was, uh, what could be better than a plan working exactly as you planned it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he has this really admirable energy the entire film. Like, he's constantly outraged, very optimistic, <laughs> and uh, just cartoonish. Surprisingly perceptive, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. Just, I yeah. love the other one when he's in the bar. Just drinks on the house. No, wait. Drinks 50% off. No, wait. Double the price of everything. <laughs> He's such a dude. Um, I mean, we'll get to our, I guess, our review, but I'm going to say I recommend Snidely Whiplash. That's my recommendation. <laughs> if there was a supercut of just Snidely scenes, yep. of just Alfred Molina's scenes. He feels very um, much like my internal dialogue 
right. that I have in my actual life. Not as witty, I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. So he's more witty than I am. Um, but I feel like I've become jaded and cynical with every passing day of my life that I feel like as a kid, because I, okay, I only watched you're, this movie for the first time. Seb, you're review. 30 now. That's what happens. You become snidely yeah. whiplash. <laughs> um, I never saw this as growing up. Um, I no, I, I saw this for the first time for this review. Oh, no. Okay. So I'm not to blame because I didn't know. No. Um, Instead of getting a good Brendan Fraser film like Airheads, which I am going on about because it's not part of your 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 slate and it's one of his better films. Honestly, because- Instead, well, you chose Dunley Do-Right. With like Alex and Jordan having uni and band stuff and other reasons, like we've missed so many sessions this year. Where our schedule's kind of fucked, honestly, Andrew. We could just chuck in airheads. It's not gonna. It's not gonna take away. We, why don't we do six Brendan Fraser films and then we're doing um, Looney Tunes back in action? Why don't you do seven? Why six? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, but like honestly, That's next week <laughs> we are we are so far around like the schedule. We may as well just throw airheads in if it really means that much to you. It's a great. We film. can just watch it. I haven't. I can't believe you haven't uh, seen it. So next week we're doing Bedazzled because that's already planned. But the fortnight, uh, the week after that, we'll do. Um, Either Airheads or Monkey Bone. We'll do them together like in the Fortnite. I want to end with Monkey Bone because it's kind of what ended his career um, for the most part. It's what cooked him out of mainstream culture. Like okay. that was, he still has a career, but it's what brought him from Brendan Fraser, blockbuster actor, to Brendan Fraser. He's on Scrubs, which I was great. Sure. But it's the movie that did this to him. Um, actually, that timeline might not check out. <laughs> Scrubs may have been around about the same time. Um, we'll investigate. But I want to end with Monkey Bone purely because it feels apt to end with the film that ended his career. Okay. And then Looney Tunes back in action, the film that <laughs> the film that was beating the corpse of his career, <laughs> trying to resuscitate it. <laughs> and the doctor's yelling, no, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that one. His career's not over. Actors you know, have ups and downs all the time. It's a very vicious kind of industry. Someone raised this last night, and I've not looked into it, and I'm curious if you're familiar with it. Brendan Fraser's career is said to have ended, and I'm going to talk about this very loosely because I wasn't so much paying attention as I'm not asking questions if you've heard of this. Apparently, he raised allegations about being sexually harassed or assaulted by a particular producer or director and people say that him speaking out against this kind of got him like bald from a lot of projects. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I have not done any research on that. I want to stress that, that I'm not saying that did happen or didn't happen. I have no idea. That's just what I, I heard. I know he did. I know, I know many years after the fact when he was a much younger actor that this happened, he, he came out about it. I think that was in the last 10 or 15 years Yeah, that he, that he spoke about it. And they were like... Mm. No, thank you. We don't want any of this. Yeah, which um, but Corey Feldman did the same thing. He he sort of came out um, as an adult and just said, "Yeah, a lot of this shit happened when I was a kid." Uh, well, I didn't think it was as a kid. I, I mean, to be fair, no, no. Brendan Fraser, I think w when it happened was was you know a young man, but it's yeah. still still it was unwelcome and it, and it happened. And I was honestly, sadly, the thing I was most shocked about was Brendan Fraser did this and. Given the time that it would have happened in, this is very much you know, prior to the Me Too movement and all that. I was actually more shocked that nothing came of it, considering the complaint of came. Of course not. From, He's a guy. Well, that's actually the reason I thought that something may have come from no. it, as opposed to them blacklisting him. No, nobody cares about guys getting hurt. <coughs> well, I mean, nobody cares. Nobody cares in the nineties, uh, early nineties no, as well. No. I'm saying in general, you're a guy. Man up is the, is the mantra that everybody will scream. Even feminists will, will dismiss 
uh, harm coming to coming to men and just go, no, man up, you you my point suck it up, you're a guy, deal with it. No one would have gotten away with this back in the nineties. I was just surprised that Brendan Fraser yeah. being a white male and you'd think given some stigmas around people outside of that category, I thought that he had the best chance of not having that happen. And I feel like if Ibrahim Fraser coming out about it, no, nothing happens happened, to, then no one would have had anything happen. to everybody in Hollywood is yeah. completely depraved. Well, it was in 1990-something, at least. Now it's <laughs> it's it's all sunshine and rainbows oh, and second off, chances. No, it <laughs> it's fine. Everything's, everyone's happy again. Um, so Dudley Do-Right. This is a Canadian project based on a Canadian cartoon by the same name. Is that right? This all checks out. That's what I gathered from the intro. I, had I don't think it's a particularly Canadian project. No, no, sorry. Based off a Canadian property, is that right? Certainly, just... Dudley Do Right is you know a Canadian Mountie. The Dudley Do Right cartoon originally is that um, it looks like it's from the same guys that did um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Is I it? Is it is I think it's. I think it's. If not the same guys, certainly affiliated with them through producers and things like oh, that. Oh, it was a segment on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Oh, there you go. So it was like a, a I guess it's effectively a spin-off. Why did we do the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie? No, please no. It's sir. got um, no. Robert De Niro in it doing a really legitimate accent. Fine. If you enjoy sitting at this table alone, reviewing a <laughs> movie that sucks. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> exactly. That's well, the reason why we shouldn't do it. Ballsy of them for when they did do that movie to do a movie with a fully animated moose and squirrel. Yeah. I mean, ballsy is one word for it. <laughs> one word for it. What's the word for brave but foolish at the same time? Uh, I think... <laughs> the uh, hubris of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just any any remake or, or reboot can go in that category. They're all misguided. Arrogant. Arrogant's the word I wanted. Yeah. Oh, uh, Maybe. It's just, it's like, hey, it's 1993 <laughs> or not, whatever it was. You know, let's do a, a film with a 3D moose and squirrel. But I, I suspect just from reading about um, some of the, some of the dissatisfaction that a lot of the actors involved um, had about the film, this was one of those projects that was done as part of a deal. Mm. Like Hugh Wilson also directed uh, Blast from the Past, which came out the same year. Yeah. I suspect, you know, he was roped into doing this. I also suspect that a lot of the actors signed on to a script that was subsequently changed yeah. quite a lot and maybe even the cast changed quite a lot from the original uh, agreements. I did read that and, Jim and Carrey that, was at one point yeah. attached or interested in playing. Yeah, Dudley. Jim Carrey wanted to because he is Canadian, um, but he dropped out to do Men on the Moon. Oh, how will his career ever recover? <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Frewer was also considered to play Dudley. Matt Frewer? Who the hell's that? Matt Frewer. Um, he's, if you're familiar with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, um, he played the neighbour. Oh, Max Headroom. Oh, yep. Cool, cool. Yep. Okay. Right the guy. And he played Death in Supernatural. De- no. Uh, uh, pestilence. One of the four horsemen pestilence in... Uh, in Supernatural. I'm just looking up his face. Yeah. You'll know it. Very skinny face. He, very bony cheeks. Oh, okay. I know I'm weird enough from Watchmen. Yeah. Playing. He's funny. Um, I, I like him. I think he's a good actor. Damn good actor. He's got a really unusual head. <laughs> in a nice way, but I mean like- Perfect he's got a, for Max Headroom. <laughs> yeah, like he's a very unique looking- Oh, his jawline is very- 
I mean, in some of his older stuff, and he might be in makeup, like in prosthetics there. Yeah. But he's got a very solid chin, but really skinny cheeks. Yeah. So his mouth goes, head goes in on his cheeks <laughs> and out on his chin. He looks like a little goblin boy. <laughs> Interesting. So he was considered for it as well. Um, at a time, Bernadette Peters was um, cast as Nell. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, she was dropped or dropped herself. And so Jessica Marker came in. I don't think um, a lot of the a lot of the crew were happy with that. Certainly not um, uh, the director and the writers. I mean, two bits of casting that I'm very happy with, for their detriment of being in this film. Alvin Molina, it was fun. Not to his detriment. I he mean, came to the, oh, the no, film was so unsuccessful that I don't think it mattered. Well, that's the thing. Like, nobody saw it. It was the right nobody level of bomb. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It had a budget of seventy million. Seven zero. Yeah. What do they spend that on? The one horse? Very good question. I mean, it's it's the same same question when you ask why do, why are Adam Sandler films so expensive? Because there's just none of that that is captured uh, on on the film. But it took ten at the box office. Holy hell! Ten. How do I remember this? It must have been advertised like all hell. I remember Turtle this. Turtle Flum. Yeah. I I knew this film was. I've never seen it until until this review. But I knew it was around. Like That's it was it was part really of Fraser's right. repertoire. Well, I'm curious because you think Brendan Fraser. Coming off George of the Jungle, which was a success from memory. I, I yeah. believe that one did really well financially. You'd think just his name alone in a very similar kind of comedy. And George of the Jungle, I, I still stand by for my last review. I think it was very funny. Like I know you didn't love it as much as I did, but I thought sure. I, I was surprised with how funny it was. And then I was shocked with how non-funny this was. But you'd think the just the original, oh, it's been in Frasier. The ad literally says, hey, remember that yeah. funny movie? It's the pretty much the same team yeah. that's back. Go watch this one. I think, and I think that's again w- w- one of the one of the pieces of evidence for this film being a sort of uh, back backroom deal. Of yeah, you want you want to do the other projects, you have to do this one because we've got the rights and we want to make this film. You know, Rocky and Bullwinkle, you know, remakes were pretty um, uh, pretty hip at the time, or at least uh, live actioning old animated series. I want to go just chronologically. So uh, yeah, so so I think it was yeah something that had a lot of studio influence and yeah. a lot of forced rewrites. And now you have to include this, which is why the film just feels so disjointed. I just think I just thought his name value alone would have drawn, in the least on the first weekend, more than that ten million. Really, it's it was a Canadian Canadian Mountie on the it's Rocky a and Bullwinkle show with the same narrator. Rocky and and Bullwinkle stuff. was in the sixties. Did you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle show as a kid? I knew it was around. I knew it was around, yeah. But I didn't know anything. I certainly don't remember anything from other than Rocky and Bullwinkle. But I want to go through his build-up to this film because he did George of the Jungle. Great. That was a success. Sure. Then The Mummy was his next big film right after that. There was an in-between movie called Gods and Monsters, which I've not heard of. I'm about to look up just to see if I've missed, if I'm forgetting something. But either way, George of the Jungle, The Mummy, Dudley Do-Right, then Blast in the Past. Oh, so we did get the wrong order on those. They're the same year, though. Um, Blast in the Past then Bedazzled, and then Monkey Bone. So you'd be like, George Dungle, good. The Mummy, good. Dudley Do-Right, huge failure. Blast in the Past, I don't think it was a failure from memory. It wasn't a financial success. It wasn't, but it wasn't this bad of a bomb. It probably didn't make its budget back. I'll double check that. I think it, no, I've, I've got the info here. Like it, um, budget of 35 and took 40. Blast from the Past. So, so if you it, expect double for a, okay. It probably, it probably didn't make the studio money. This one definitely lost the studio money. Absolutely. Which may have also been the point. And we'll talk about Bedazzled next week. I'm, I'm more curious if that did it. Maybe his, his name was starting to mean less, but where was the drop-off point? It would be this film, right? Like, Because 
George of the Jungle did really well and The Mummy was gangbusters. Like it went crazy. Like he has a very marketable name and there was nothing in between The Mummy and Dudley Do-Right. Those that back-to-back films. Sure. Both in 99, The Mummy came out first. Like how do you go from, holy shit, how good is Brendan Fraser in this film that he's going to instantly get two more sequels from it to the next film, 10 million total. You can't predict these things. Yeah. But bad movies don't get people watching them. The ad did look very Nobody silly. wants to make a bad movie, but it happens because you know people get involved when they when they shouldn't. Yeah. Which, which is <laughs> what I suspect happened on this one. Gods and Monsters, by the way. A good rating on IMDb. That was the movie in between that I hadn't heard of. It says the last days of Frankenstein's director James Whale are explored. And James Bell's played by Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser plays Clayton Boone. So it's kind of like a, almost like a documentary, but acted out, I guess. Never heard of it. Well, neither have I, but it's a 7.3 out of 10. Like people seem to like the film, whatever the hell it is. People like a lot of crap too. Ian McKellen's in it though. He probably carries the film pretty well. But (laughs) I'm just saying like that was his in-between film. I hadn't heard of it, but it was at least a critical success. Anyway, sorry. You've got Uh, This film, Dudley Do-Right... Um, 3.9 on IMDb, which I think is about right. Uh, I would have lowered it. Rotten Tomatoes is even lower. 16% critical, 24% audience. 24% of the audience is very dumb, unless 24% of the audience really liked Alfred Molina. Oh, look, this film is, like, just to give away the verdict, I don't <laughs> yeah. think there are any surprises here. It's a really forgettable film. Yep. There's nothing There's nothing interesting about it that makes me want to rewatch it. Even Alfred Molina playing Snidely, who is the funniest part of the film is I'm not interested in seeing it again. His character, the way they modernised him from the whole moustache twirling, top hat bullshit kind of thing into this film is actually generally really funny for me. Like sure. the way he's sort of like this capitalist evil villain. Like, but the I like that his, his plan is actually quite, yeah. quite brilliant. But that's where it ends. That, that is literally where the good in this film is. Eric Ardle was pretty funny. He had a weird character. He sure did. Because he starts off as... His character is the poorest man in Whiplash City, or whatever it was called before. <laughs> Snidely renamed it after buying up the town. Yep. Which he doesn't really—he doesn't even really buy it up. He just gets the the bank manager to sign over the mortgages for everything, and then it's he says, funny. "Okay, I own your mortgage now." Get he goes out. around to all the houses. I own the mortgage now. Pay up or get out. Which okay, fine for a, for a kids show that that, that yep. may work to to be evil, but. It's kind of at least you know buy it up or, or do something with it. Yeah. But his entire plan is just to seed little bits of gold here and there, and not just once, just to keep that going in order to get a flood of people going to a to a, to a gold rush, and then sell them shit, sell them rooms, tools, food, build restaurants and hotels and. Yeah. All sorts of things, and that's how he's going to make his money. Charge obscene fees for for doctors and brain surgeons and alcohol and things you like that. You could debate, this which is, is how you make money in a gold rush. You don't make money digging for the gold. You make money supplying all the all the miners. Not the most evil plan. I mean, it's evil in the sense of he's manipulating people. Yeah, but I mean, there is gold. They're finding actual gold. Yeah. He's not it's not fool's gold. He's not tricking them. He's not, not not misleading them in that way. There's actual gold. He's kind of like running a casino and he's rigged the slot machines to always pay out. People are finding the gold. It's just not worth as much as they're gonna to spend to get it. But to be fair, in a genuine gold rush, there's no way of knowing that either. No. He's just made sure that there's a constant flow of it. 
him charging. Well, there's enough to keep. You know, his his plan is to keep enough interest uh, to keep people coming up to to fuel the rush and and make sure his town is busy. Yeah, with lots of people. Not the worst idea. Am I, okay, am I a bad guy? Because no. I don't see him as that evil. <laughs> like, he is an evil guy. I mean, look at him. He's the bad guy. But I just don't feel like this plan's that sinister. Not that sinister, but it has a it has a shelf life. Because if you if you were really going to do it, uh, the gold's got to be coming from somewhere, right? And maybe he could be playing both sides, and and he could also be the the guy buying the gold back from everybody in order to get happen, it out. Yeah. So your your losses would be you know, quite quite small. But uh, as more people came in, you would have to have more gold. Well, he got the gold for free because he stole it. So his <laughs> well, initial not buy- Well, not for free, but he did steal it. Yeah, that's right. So even if he's buying it back, let's but say- I mean, if you wanted to keep it going, you would have to acquire more gold yep. in order to keep more interest. Or otherwise, to keep a good, f- yeah. Yeah, otherwise people are just not going to be finding enough. Hmm. Uh, and in order to do that, you'll then have to steal more gold or- or buy it on on the open market, so it's which, like is just gonna drive the, which is just going to drive the price up, <laughs> uh, and so eventually you're going to eat away at your own business. But as a as a you know, a, a few months of a gold rush, you know, do the do the thing, get people interested, take their money, and then bugger off. If he's it's buying back plan. all the gold, let's just say there's a thousand dollars of the gold, low numbers, but and he always buys it back for a thousand, and then replants it, and buys it back for a thousand, and replants it, and buys it back for a thousand. He stays perpetually at a loss of $1,000. That's excluding all of his outside industries that are actually kind of leeching off these people to get them. So if he has that constant flow of being able to buy back all the gold to replant it, that's sort of perpetual in itself. He'll stay at a constant loss there, but Maybe that's a, not his as, money game. As long as he's making more money from selling rooms and yeah. the food and things like that to, to fund that. But it's eventually it, it cannibalizes itself because people lose interest. But gold, there's gold in them hills. Sure. But but if you're a miner who's been digging for a couple of months, you know you've you've got to fund your, yourself doing it, and it's expensive, and you haven't found anything. How long before you're bankrupt? Then, then and you, you, leave. you can't you can't support, it and you leave. That's and exactly right. The next right. one comes. There's an idiot born every day, Andrew. Maybe. <laughs> it feels like a lie that should have been in this movie. Maybe, but gold rushes aren't perpetual. I mean, they eventually end because people lose interest. Yeah. Oh, good short term. Because the, because the gold dries up, or just yeah, the the whole. Uh, uh, enthusiasm is is gone for it, but yeah. not but not the worst plan. Yeah, it's it, as far as evil dastardly plans, it's not the worst. It makes you think at least. It's actually quite good. Um, so I know we're sort of dancing. I thought around. originally his his plan was to take over the mortgages, you know, create this fictitious gold rush with just one little seed, and then sell all the property as people want to come in and, and move in. Oh, that'd have been faster. But he, he yeah, much faster <laughs> and much more dastardly. But his plan was actually to stick around and run the city Become for a while. Mayor. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Like honestly, his plan is probably the most thought-provoking thing in the entire film, um, and probably the funniest things. Like, and I think Dudley doesn't do a thing to stop him. No, Dudley's terrible. Um, one joke that really made me laugh though the entire time was the the kind of ongoing vampire joke bit because it was, <laughs> was so, so stupid. <laughs> um, but okay, him first thing telling him that there's vampires, Dudley's slowly believing him, and that was fine. Didn't laugh once. Then when the town rock up with all the torches and pitchforks, and he's like, "Oh, you here to get the vampires?" <laughs> like vampires? What, what are you what? talking about? Like, They're everywhere <laughs> in the forest, and everyone gets scared by it. That part made me laugh. That was the only part that the non, um, what's his? I just want his name now. Whiplash joke that got me laugh the entire film. 
That didn't make me laugh. Oh, sorry. What did was the was the bloody the Indians, the the theater restaurant Indians, <laughs> who are essentially running a, a casinoless casino, yep, theater restaurant uh, out in the yep. <laughs> out in the wilderness, doing a whole dance and show number. It's straight out of Mel Brooks. Right, this sort of thing. It made me think of Mel Brooks straight away. I had the double take on the the lead Indian because I thought it was him. Yeah, this this guy with a Brooklyn accent just running this theater restaurant as as, as the chief. It was brilliant. Yep. Um, in terms of the plot, though, honestly, that's take- it. Snidely tries to do that, and then Dudley tries to stop him, but he's so inept and you know slapstickly falling over all the time that he doesn't actually achieve anything until he. Turns bad, which was one of the criticisms mm. that a lot of the actors had. That okay, you're not being true to the source material if Dudley doesn't obey the law. That's the whole. That's his name, Dudley. Do right. Yep. He doesn't break the law. You, you do this bullshit in the sequel, not in the first one as yeah. well. You, you establish the character and have him be Dudley Do Right in this film. And if you're grace to the sequel, yeah. then play around with the formula a bit. Have him turn bad. But like this is meant to be his introduction to so many people, and they got yeah. the character wrong. I don't care about the character. Well, it's not a problem. They're for me, introducing but. this character, Dudley Do Right. He's a Mountie. He's he's a moral guy. He's a good guy. He's, the girl that he's after is just the worst trash to begin with yeah. because she just jumps from from guy to guy. Uh, whoever's whoever's going to give her what she what she wants again, poorly written. I suspect it was you know either toned down or was sacrificed in order to include some other bullshit that yep. some producer wanted in the film. Uh, but a really awful character, and she just jumps around. At one point, uh, Snidely, Dudley, and, and Nell all grew up together. Which I did that scene That's how it's introduced. Kids. Fine, that's a nice little joke. But it comes back later with, with Nell saying, oh, Snidely's not such a bad guy, when Dudley is, you know, at this point, he's, he's spelled out uh, uh, Snidely's plan to, to Nell, she knows exactly what's going on. And at a golf game, she goes, oh, no, it'll be all right. By the way, I'm going to go off with Snidely now and, and you, know, you know, essentially marry him. Was she like that? Okay, having never watched the cartoons, I have to wonder, was her character sort of like that? Because they, they... I don't think so. Our only portrayal of her character from the cartoons in this movie specifically is the little intro bit where he ties her to the train tracks and he takes yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. Did your film start with a cartoon? Yeah. About I liked a, it. Right, I really liked it. <laughs> was that your okay? It was about a was he a fox? A fox with a ph? Yeah, the the the, the cunning fox who tries to um, convince the the dumb guy to open the box because the warning on on the on this treasure chest is that whoever opens it will die. Yep. So the fox's brilliant plan is to get the dumb guy, convince him to open the box so that he takes on the the curse, uh, and get all the treasure out. And the fox, being a, a greedy guy. It says, okay, there's all this treasure now. I'll split it with you, but I need a bag, right? Could you go off to the city and, and get a bag? I'll make sure to, to split everything 50-50. The fox is greedy, has everything in a bag ready to go. Well, this uh, dumb guy, I, I forget his name, is off is off getting a bag mm. from the milkmaid. Is the first person he, he sure. comes across. He sees a penny in the chest, reaches in to grab it, trips and falls, knocks the, the lid closed. Trapped forever. And trapped forever, and when the guy comes back, uh, he says, oh, here's the, here's the bag of treasure. Fox must have already split it up. Uh, for me, I'll take this. And the fox is screaming from inside. Oh, let me out. Whatever, I'm, I'm trapped in here. And the dumb guy goes, no, no, no. You fooled me with your ventriloquism before. I'm not going to fall for it again. <laughs> Very funny joke. See you later. I'm off with my gold. Really good morality tale. Yeah, really good. Um, don't know why the fuck More enjoyable movie. than the film. 
the second this started playing, I turned to my girlfriend and said, oh, you know why we're watching this? Because this film probably didn't run to theatrical length. There's only, only reason- 75 minute film. Without a cut. Oh, I was like, literally like the second I see something tagged into the front of a film, I'm like, you didn't hit yeah. 80 minutes, did you? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, it's 80 minutes with the cartoon. That's what, exactly. Yeah. My experience was the Digimon movie uh, chucked an original episode of Angela Anaconda onto the beginning of it because oh, right. it didn't hit theatrical length. I mean, someone's going to correct me on that probably, but that's that's how I took it. Um, yeah, you see these struggles happen. If you can't write 80 minutes of material, don't make the film. Even I've written like 100 <laughs> pages of a script. Don't get me wrong. I would, have, I, would, I would, in retrospect, have liked to have stopped at 90. Yeah. But I couldn't because <laughs> I'm undisciplined. <laughs> but if I... An idiot can do that. Surely a paid Hollywood writer can, can go to 90 minutes. Unless the studio gets involved. I'm sure the script was yeah. probably 100 pages long and they cut it down. Yeah, or you have to include this joke. or Which is debatably a good or a bad thing because it means the film was short. I did a double feature it's of this. It's not a good thing because then you can't tell a proper story. Oh, no, but I mean, like, at least if you're telling like, a bad story, There's a lot a of one. filler in this. There's mm. probably five minutes of just the, the Indian uh, mm. dancing in the casino, which are nice scenes, but they do nothing for the film. And just all the, the bike chases and things like that. A lot of screen time is devoted to showing stuff that doesn't matter. $70 million, sorry. 70, 70 million. That, so much of that must have gone just to Brendan. And it's really, unless they signed it during Tarzan, during George of the Jungle, then it would have been Maybe low. Maybe it could have. Yeah, this may have been something he agreed to before. Yeah. The Mummy. He may not have made bank for this one at all. Or it was one of those, you know, oh, you signed on for three movies and we'd like this to be one of them. And also we're going to pay you a pittance and you have absolutely no creative control over it whatsoever. I'm Enjoy sure. your career. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> See, you. See you Monday for shooting. <laughs> oh, I'm finding his net worth and I'm finding how much he gets paid per role. All right, so he earned $4 million dollars for Dudley Do-Right. Okay. So that's not as high as you'd think for a $70 million film of, of this caliber. Sure. I would have thought he would have taken like 10, you know? Well, he's the titular star, but he's 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 in the movie, but he's not really in it. Like Dudley is not an important character in he's this film. He's the worst character in this film. He does nothing. He achieves nothing until he turns evil and does the old... Uh, Sandra D at the end of Greece, leather jacket, and uh, tell me about it, stud. And it completely changes who he is. Yep. Nell's back on board because now he's punching up guys and she's got some fetish for guys being dicks to her. Yep. Oh, God. It's awful. My complaint for this film, don't worry, everything you're saying is right. It is bad. I don't mind slapstick comedy. I can have a bit of a chuckle if it's shot right, if, it, if the timing's sure. right. It can be great. I, I, some people talk about slapstick like it's this low form of comedy. Okay, no. every com comedy is all open for me as long as I laugh. There was a huge, huge reliance on slapstick comedy for every Dudley scene, and it was never really funny at all. And it was all it never paid really off, and it always felt old the second it started. Yeah, like the kid. Yeah, um, falling at the desk or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, putting his feet up on the desk and falling over and just doing that repeatedly. It was so done already. Lighting his hat on fire felt really Home Alone, but Home Alone did it way better and contextually funnier. But they, but again, you that, that could have had a payoff if that tone was kept through the whole film, but mm. it didn't. The f tone of the film kept changing. Like it starts off as this slapstick uh, sort of, 
I guess a, tri- a tribute to the to the cartoon, although the story doesn't really. Mm. Doesn't this must really be more complex than the, than the cartoons were. Oh, Surely maybe his plan. An- can't animated things can be complex. A, a story, you know, a short story can be can be complex. It's when it in what, it's when it isn't consistent that it loses that it loses the audience loses me anyway. I this was, one definitely was not consistent. And Eric Idle, the character, he starts off as the as the poorest man mm. in in uh, uh, Whiplash City. Snidely <clears throat> identifies him as the first person who should have some gold, and you know gets impressed. All of a sudden, he's on the Regis and and thing. Uh, I paid so little attention; I didn't realize that was the same character. All right, yeah, that's exactly. It is the same character, oh. but it's not the same character. All of a sudden, he's on the TV show promoting this thing, and 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 then he's he's just this sort of dumb guy who lucked into some gold. And then later on in the film, he's this you know Homeless. wise Yoda guru who you know transforms Dudley into this you know, you know person who realizes he can do bad things for good. Did he lose all of his money? Is that what happened? Because he was told he gets to keep the gold, right? Oh, he loses something, and then at the end of it, he goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, Dudley, your your success as a as a <laughs> morally conflicted and compromising person has given me the confidence to go back to my family. Oh, you have a family? Oh yeah, by the way, I have a family. See ya." <laughs> okay, that's actually kind of funny the way no, you the way, not, the way you not. said it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and there was and, and and there was a lot of when he's being the guru. There was a it felt a lot of. Like a lot of Monty Python things, the throwing es- of the rocks. Especially actually. the line, of, I've got, I've, I've got three things I need to tell you, and I'll start off with the second, if you don't mind. <laughs> Just some good okay, stuff. Okay, that's, that's great. That's that's a nice little line. I laughed when he threw the rock at his head. I'm going to throw a rock near your head. Yeah. It's not going to hit you. <laughs> Trust me. Don't flinch. Hit him straight in the head. <laughs> great work on not flinching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one for real. Yeah. Bam in the middle of the head. See, sometimes subject can be funny. I guess if you've got someone like Eric Idle to to think to be the seller, possibly. But unfortunately, it's not tied together with no. anything else or to anything else in the film. It, it seems like a series of sketches. That's what it feels like: a series of sketches pulled together with this loose thread of what's going on in this village. But even that doesn't work because it you 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 could do that, but then they're not distinct enough from each mm. other for that to make sense. It's it's just a big mess. I was honestly on board at the very beginning of this film when it started off with the little kids. I was like, "This is great! How fucking funny is that?" Yeah, keep, the little kids okay, dressed fine. like keep this tone and and yeah. keep it going. Sure, and I the narrator from George of the Jungle. I was there. Yeah. I was happy. Yeah. And then the second we got to Brendan Fraser, who by the way I like Brendan Fraser. I didn't put him on here as as, as a punishment to us. I think he was genuinely very funny in the 90s, not a bad actor at all, and I thought he was hard done by by some bad choices that he made in terms of his roles. I like him, but the second he appeared in this film, I was like, what an unlikable god douchebag. And he's not being a bad character. He's just... Flat. Yeah. Dudley is completely flat. Um, but apparently, from what I read as well, he was really unhappy with a lot of the changes. Yeah. So maybe he just decided, fuck it, man, I'm just going to phone this one in because I'm... I'm so against what the studio is making me do for this character. This isn't the film I thought I was going to do. Maybe. I'm going to shop on set. That's <clears throat> and, what you get. And, yeah, and and who knows how much it was chopped and changed by by the end of it, because you can't even uh, you can't even pick which which scenes may have had a genuine sort of desire to do a good job in them, and which ones were being phoned in because the whole thing. The whole thing feels phoned in. Well, he was one of the ones that was against the changes to make Dudley like a badass. Yeah, of course. So. I was like watching particularly hard in the scenes where he was like in his leather jacket and stuff. 
And like when he's circling them on the bike and glaring at them, I was like, okay. Oh, that was so stupid. But that was like, the that would be the and, scene. And yeah. then the cavalry shows up from nowhere. But you find out they were sent in by the prime minister. Oh, by the way, you know, despite being dismissed from the Mounties by his future father-in-law, by Nell's father, for some reason, mm. not even a reason is given. It's just, okay, you're out, Dudley. We don't like you anymore. Uh, the prime minister sends in the cavalry to get Snidely. But he was dismissed because they didn't believe what he was telling them in the first place. What the hell is going on? This film needed the ending that Bedazzled had, where kind of spoils for that film. He's been chasing the woman the entire time in Bedazzled, and at the very end, he meets someone that's actually more of a match for him. He needed yeah. to meet somebody that wasn't Nell at the very end of the film, who's not her, and be like, you know what? Have fun, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Nell will go probably live in prison with um, Whiplash because well, even- she's so flimsy. Even Nell is just kind of written in his... There's no character to her. Because her backstory is that she left town to pursue some degree at Harvard and then a doctorate from Yale or whatever. Mm. And then she spent the next 10 years developing something. And But now she's back in Canada. Whoop-dee-doo. To see Dudley. Okay. Mm. Why? Did things not work out for you, Nell? Is there is there something you're not telling us? No. I'm just here to see Dudley. Oh, no. I'm interested in Snidely now because he's... He's rich and he kissed me. I hate this film. I'm done. Um, I did find something really fun when researching this film, though. Um, I'm going to see if I can play it on my computer. And if I can't, too bad. You'll miss out and I'll play it next week. There is a band that has a song called Brendan Fraser. They're called Clown Core. Okay. And the band is like, I guess they're meant to be like a heavy metal band, but everyone dresses like clowns. And I want to play you. It's no, There's no singing. It's just music. And I was listening to it and I was like, oh, this is fun. So I'll give you a small, no, please don't sue me level of preview for it. This is the best thing to come of this film, okay? If this works. Isn't this fun? They've got a saxophone. You can't see the visuals of the YouTube video, but there's a bunch of clowns playing the drums. You don't like it? Is this this meant to be a commentary on Fraser's career? I guess so. Just, I mean, the band is just a clown band. Anyway, that's the best thing to come of this movie. Let's go to the verdicts, I guess. No. (laughs) Yeah. Miss it. You won't miss anything. Snidely is funny, but Alfred Molina is better in other films. You were saying, was it Boris the Blade? Is that the one? Boris the Butcher, Butcher from uh, The Man Who Knew Too, Too Little. It, Alfred Molina plays the, plays the villain there too. Uh, same sort of feel for it. It's just a much better, much better movie because it tells one cohesive story. This one is just choppy and all over the place. The story changes halfway through. You've got no idea what... Dudley is trying to do at first. He's trying to snop, stop uh, Snidely, um, but he's just got no idea of how to do it. And everything he tries, um, you know, he fails at because he's so inept. And he's not even onto Snidely in the first place. He's just out, outwitted by the slightest little. Oh, there are vampires here. Oh, what? There are vampires here. Oh, I better get out and stop investigating this altogether. I'm really scared of vampires. Why would you quote the best part of the movie in this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And then later in the film. No, he finds out. Oh no, Snidely's actually, you know, trying to run everybody out of town and do this, do this evil thing. We've got to try and stop him. 
and he's stopped there because he's reminded that, okay, Snidely's not actually breaking the law. He probably is, but in the context of the film, he's not breaking any any laws, so how are you going to get him? Oh, I know. I'll start breaking the law too. In order, He's convinced into that by by other people, but the fact that the, the film relies on... Can't, can't think of a way to get Dudley to maintain his, his moral code in order to defeat Snidely doing this clearly immoral thing yet not illegal thing uh, by, by turning to doing something illegal is, is uh, stupid. Completely so stupid. This is a no from you? Inconsistent. Absolutely no. Don't, don't watch this film. Watch some clips on YouTube if you're interested. Alfred Molina's lines are the best lines in the film. They're the only good ones. This is the kind of film that shows you that it does take a special kind of actor to make your your moronic lead work. Leslie Nielsen from the Naked Gun series gets a, he should rightfully get a lot of credit for making Frank Drebin <laughs> such a moron, so entertaining and likable. There is an absolute art to it. I like Brendan Fraser. Unfortunately, in this film, he doesn't make the dumb protagonist enjoyable. Inspector Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau is an inept cop who still gets the guys because he does the grunt work, he manages to luck into mm. into things, but he's there doing it. Dudley just does nothing. Yeah, and you can debate even Steve Martin was better than uh, Brendan Fraser in this film, but not as not as good as the original either. But I, I think Steve Leslie Martin's um, Clouseau is doesn't have a pinch on Peter Sellers. Oh, but Clouseau. no, I mean he's better than um, Brendan uh, in this film. Better, but they're still it's it. <laughs> The the Pink Panther remakes with Steve Martin is on is on the Dudley Do Right side of the fence oh, yeah, of yeah. bad remakes. Yeah, well, yeah of course. Um, but like I said, yeah, Leslie Nielsen should get more credit for being able to turn a character that's debatably dumber than Dudley Do Right is in this film. Frank Drebin wasn't dumb. Oh no, there are a lot of great one liners. Have you ever seen Police Squad? I never really got the show. I've seen I've seen the movies, obviously. You but, yeah. should. There's only one season of it. And it's which is also a crime. Packed. It is absolutely packed with one-liners and sight gags and things. You cannot watch a single episode, right, and see all the gags because when you're laughing, you're missing other mm. gags that are going on. Quick little one-liners. It's so witty. He's not dumb. Frank Drebin is not dumb. And just some things he he says kind of sounds dumb, but then you think about it and oh, actually, I can see how that. And that makes sense. And yeah, that's actually quite good. And it's funny. It's so funny. This one isn't. We this double, one just isn't funny. Before your time in the show, we double featured um, Wrongfully Accused. And, Terrific. And, um, oh God, the original. I've just forgotten. It. The Fugitive. Uh, the Fugitive, yeah. And <laughs> I was like warning. This was with Alex and Zane. And I was like, and uh, I knew what would happen. And yeah. it was right. We come out of the double feature, and Alex is like, "I think the wrongfully accused was better." Like, yeah, yeah, boy, probably. <laughs> I mean, um, no, not that the Fugitive is actually classic. It's a great film. The Fugitive is a better film, but Wrongfully Accused is genuinely really funny, and it shouldn't be. But somebody like Leslie Nielsen can carry those sort of characters. Yeah. Frasier couldn't, and that's fine. Hey, some actors do I better of this. I don't think it's do his fault that. because, as we'll see next week in Bedazzled, he is a good actor. He has oh, a yeah. lot of range. It's His acting is not what, what let him down in this film. It was be, having no material to work with and having a story that goes nowhere and has no consistency. Okay. Well, well, speaking of next week, so you are doing Bedazzled next week? Yes. Um, if you haven't seen it before the review, go watch it. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. That's how I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had to, I had to pay for this one. 
I paid five dollars to rent this one on YouTube. Dudley Do Ryan. Yeah. yeah, me too. I couldn't find it anywhere. Not even on Disney Plus, which I thought it would be. Yeah. Apparently they don't own the Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, series. Or How will they manage? How will they manage? Give it time. The, do you really have an empire <laughs> if you don't own the Rocky and Bullwinkle franchise? Um, Find yeah. us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Second Take Media Review Podcast. We're all out of sync when this is the two. Ah. Um, you can tweet me at Bashan underscore James and tweet Jordan at Jordan MSPP. Um, yeah, chuck us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. I can't stress this enough. Our schedule is in shambles. If you've got a suggestion, throw it our way. I don't know why we have we just decide on the previous show what the next movie is going to be. Because if we're going to do like The Mummy, I want to do all of them just so we can talk about how the series develops. Sure, we can do that. We can do The Mummy. Good. Do you want to do 10 Brendan Fraser films this year? Because we can add in that one that you wanted and three Mummy films. We can do that. the one that I wanted, Airheads. Airheads. That's it's one. one of his, it's one of his top five films. We can do Airheads. And I'm then we serious. Can do the it's trilogy. a top five Fraser and film. I'm serious, Andrew. We can do ten <laughs> Brendan Fraser films. This this is, year. I'm happy with that. That's great. They're all really different. It's going to be when we get to the Mummy Three that we're like, what is happening? Um, but we can like, not, this is not an on-air threat. Like we can do this. Um, yeah. So uh, it's secondhandpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have a website. It's on there. Um, I think. Oh, Patreon. Yeah, sure. Uh, second take. Patreon slash second take. I'm doing an Alex. I've forgotten our things. Um, I haven't changed the outro from the George of the Jungle ones, so please enjoy um, Tarzan Boy on the way out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.